my Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Yesterday, we concluded another liturgical year. Today, the first Sunday of Advent, we commence a new one. The importance of this occasion is underlined by the fact that no other celebrations, not even funeral masses, are permitted today. In the Gospel, Jesus warns us not to be unprepared, as people were in the days of Noah. This is a time to prepare for our Lord to come into our hearts. As it was in Noah's days, so will it be when the Son of Man comes. For in those days before the flood, they suspected nothing till the flood came and swept all away. Stay awake, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. The Catechism teaches, when the Church celebrates the liturgy of Advent each year, she makes present this ancient expectancy of the Messiah. For by sharing in the long preparation for the Saviour's first coming, the faithful renew their ardent desire for his second coming. By celebrating the precursor's birth and martyrdom, the Church unites herself to his desire, he must increase, but I must decrease. The Liturgy of Advent is prolonged this year since Christmas Day falls on a Sunday. Till then, the sombre colour of violet will dominate. There's no glory on Sundays. The Liturgy alternates between anticipating the birth of Christ and his second coming at the end of the world. When it refers to the precursor, the Catechism is of course alluding to St John the Baptist. While Jesus, during his public life as an itinerant preacher, would in time develop a reputation for attending dinner parties with tax collectors and sinners, his cousin lived a rather solitary life and ate locusts and wild honey. St. John the Baptist was preparing the ground with penance and mortification, the best man, as it were, doing the necessary spade work before bridegroom would plant the tree. And later on we will talk a little bit more about mortification, but let's reflect now on some words of St. Augustine. Commenting on Psalm 96, he notes that Jesus has come the first time, and he will come again. At his first coming, his own voice declared in the Gospel, Hereafter you shall see the Son of Man coming upon the clouds. What does he mean by hereafter? Does he not mean that the Lord will come at a future time when all the nations of the earth will be striking their breasts in grief? Previously he came through his preachers and he filled the whole world. Let us not resist his first coming so that we may not dread the second. Christ is coming. 
we must be prepared. Like many of you, I'm sure, I have memories from school, some I'd rather forget, others I recall fondly, and more that I understand now in a different way. I remember in particular one teacher that I clashed with. A pity because he was a man with many innovative ideas. He encouraged interest in local history, art, poetry, as well as reading as a hobby, just to mention a few things. He gave us more freedom than we were used to, and I, being accustomed to strict parental control, incurred his ire on many an occasion. Hence, when news came through that he was leaving the school, I didn't shed any tears. What I didn't expect is that he would return a year or two later as a school inspector on Kigara, as they call the inspector in Irish. It was a big build-up. Some who had fond memories of his teaching style longed for his arrival. Others, like me, wanted to think about something else. His second coming was dreaded, though really I had nothing to fear. It came and it went. Several students remembered things he had taught them which pleased him a lot. Others, like me, were unusually shy that day. Christ is not an inspector to inspire fear. Quoting again from St. Augustine, He who is without anxiety waits without fear until his Lord comes. For what sort of love of Christ is it to fear his coming? Brothers, do we not have to blush for shame? We love him, yet we fear his coming. Are we really certain that we love him? Or do we love our sins more? Therefore, let us hate our sins and love him who will exact punishment for them. He will come whether we wish it or not. Do not think that because he is not coming just now, he will not come at all. He will come, you know not when, and provided he finds you prepared, your ignorance of the time of his coming will not be held against you. Stay awake, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Advent means coming. Christ is coming. If the householder had known at what time of the night the burglar would come, he would have stayed awake and would not have allowed anyone to break through the wall of the house. Christ has come once. On the 25th of next month, he will celebrate that first coming. We will celebrate that first coming in a special way. But Christ is also going to come a second time that we don't know. And we have to stay awake for it. We have to prepare for that day now. Just like the householder who ensures no burglar will break through the wall of his house during the night, you and I have to strengthen our spiritual defences against an assault at any time from the enemy that would prevent us from welcoming Christ into our hearts. To safeguard your home, typically the police will tell you to secure all doors and windows, to keep a light on, not to leave keys lying around, not to have large amounts of cash at home, and to use an alarm. What safeguards have you in place for your soul? Do you avoid evil? St. Paul urges us to live decently as people do in the daytime. No drunken orgies, no promiscuity or licentiousness, and no wrangling or jealousy. The Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. There was a lady, an old lady I know, whose house was burgled 
She was downstairs at the time, but owing to various debilitating ailments, she could not move in a hurry and was helpless to prevent the burglary. A young boy, maybe about 10 or 12 years of age, came into the sitting room and in a very matter-of-fact manner told her how they, he and his uncle or father, had managed to prise open her front door. It was as simple as slipping a credit card through the a credit card through the gap between door and jam to lift the latch and they were in. Not long afterwards his uncle or his father, whichever it was, appeared bearing some priceless family jewels and the two left as abruptly as they had broken in. I haven't heard that she has been burgled since. She must have changed the lock on her door. However, she never recovered her jewels. Are you and I ready? Have we got a spiritual game plan? Are we resolved as we pray in the collect from today's liturgy to run forth to meet Christ with righteous deeds at his coming? The great prize awaits us nothing less than the heavenly kingdom. We need to examine possible signs of lukewarmness. Now is the time to rouse from your slumber. Abitiamus ergo opera tenebrarum. Or let us cast off therefore the words of the works of darkness. Opera tenebrarum. The things we prefer to do under the cover of dark. We must put on the helmet of faith through constant prayer. Let your armour be the Lord Jesus Christ. St. Maria says, We all have to be ipse Christus, Christ himself. This is what St. Paul commands in the name of God. Quoting the Latin version, he says, Induimini Dominum Jesum Christum. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Each one of us, you, has to see how he puts on that clothing of which the Apostle speaks. Each one personally has to sustain an uninterrupted dialogue with the Lord. It was those words from Romans chapter 13 that roused St. Augustine from his complacency. We think of him as a revered saint and father of the church, yet every saint has his past and every sinner his future. By joining a Gnostic sect, Augustine had reached the halfway house of a spiritual asceticism that made few and superficial demands on the body. By becoming a Manichaean, he could hold that matter was intrinsically evil and that the spirit alone was capable of good. Once his spirit aimed for truth, what he did in his body did not matter. But the truth won out in the end. One day, someone told Augustine and his friends about the life of an Egyptian monk called Anthony, who had lived for decades as a hermit in the wilderness, devoting himself to prayer and contemplation and resisting many demonic temptations. The more he heard about such spiritual achievements, St. Augustine wrote, the more I loathed and execrated myself in comparison with them. As Sora Bamari describes it, Augustine had spent his twenties in misery, following a confused cult a slave to his appetites. Agitated, he retreated to the garden, he wept, he prayed, he cursed himself, and behold, quoting St. Augustine himself, 
Suddenly I heard a voice from the house next door, the sound as it might be of a boy or a girl, repeating in a sing-song voice, Pick it up and read it, pick it up and read it. He raced back to the sitting room, opened his copy of St. Paul's epistles at random, and read the first verse that caught his eye. Not in riotousness and drunkenness, not in lewdness and wantonness, not in strife and rivalry, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh and its lusts. These words are relevant to you and me too. Putting off the works of darkness is not a call to hide away gowlish Halloween decorations. By now, they would have overstayed their welcome. Nor is it merely an invitation to prepare externally for Christmas, say by putting up Christmas lights. Home decor with good taste and imaginative creativity can help convey a seasonal tone. Yet what really proves that one is committed to change is when our bodily actions match our mental resolutions to improve. The body should be given a little less than its due, otherwise it turns traitor, writes St. Josemaria in the way. In a discourse a few years ago, Pope Francis offered some interesting counsel. Stop. Think. You are not eternal, he warned. We cannot continue to do just whatever we please, he said, trusting in God's infinite mercy. We cannot be rash and reckless, believing we will get away with whatever we have been doing. And while we may have gotten away with something once, we do not know when the end will come. Do not say, God's compassion is great, he'll forgive me my many sins. And so I continue doing what I want, the Pope urged. According to the report from the Vatican, the Holy Father urged that we take five minutes at the end of each day to examine our conscience, to convert it to the Lord that we not put it off to tomorrow. If we submit to one of our passions, we must try to avoid succumbing to it again by dominating ourselves rather than by being controlled by our desires. We will become responsible for our actions. Taking five minutes at the end of each day, the Pope reiterated, will help us consider a change of heart and conversion to the Lord. But what do I need to examine, you might ask? Blessed Alvaro del Portillo, in a letter some years ago to Faithful of Opus Dei, wrote, Be more thorough in your examination, and make specific resolutions. How do you mortify your senses? Have you let yourself be affected in some area, although it seemed unimportant at the time, by the siege of brazen sensuality that predominates on our streets, in the newspapers, on television, or in the place where you work. Overcome that whim or caprice, or that small lack of temperance. Do not allow yourself that glance, and know how to give up that worthless book. We could add, Know how to control your use of new technologies. Change the notification settings on your phone. 
Discipline yourself. Don't respond unthinkingly to every ping. Text messages, emails can wait. Am I a compulsive amateur photographer? Can I refrain for a few minutes, a few hours from posting the latest selfie? Can I decline to go forward? Sorry, can I decline to forward a meme or to watch a video that is at best a waste of time, at worst, unworthy viewing for a child of God. Everything should point to the really important goal, continues Blessed Alvaro, since fair love reaches refinement only in a climate of ardent struggle, which is also apparent in the small details of everyday life. Be courageous, my child, in your examination of conscience, and place your decisions in Our Lady's hands. Grant us, Mother of Fair Love, the grace to have a pure heart, and the humility to turn again to you, contrite and confident, each time our soul is soiled. Soiled linen needs to be laundered, where does one go to have one's soul laundered? Induite Dominum Jesum Christum. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, St. Paul said to the Romans. It is in the sacrament of penance, observes St. Maria, that you and I clothe ourselves with Jesus Christ and his merits. A good way to begin Advent a good way to prepare for both the first and second coming of our Lord is a sincere and contrite confession. How often have I had the experience of sitting in a confessional in a public church with the green light on, thinking that this morning is a quiet one, when first one, then another, and yet another penitent confesses their sins and pleads for sacramental absolution. Some come after a gap of many years, more come with a certain frequency. The thought of eternity moves people to delve deeper, to receive more grace and cleanse faults that previously they had not recognized as such. This is deliverance from the bondage of sin. This is reconciliation with God, with the church, with one's neighbor. This is light and peace for each person who freely avails of the tribunal of God's infinite mercy. Another marvellous aid to staying awake is the refinement with which we long to receive our Lord worthily in Holy Communion. The Holy Father has written some very beautiful reflections on Jesus' desire to share his very body and blood with us once we approach him with a repentant heart. Jesus's infinite desire to re-establish that communion with us that was and remains his original design will not be satisfied, writes the Holy Father, until every man and woman from every tribe, tongue, 
people and nation shall have eaten his body and drunk his blood. And for this reason that same supper will be made present in the celebration of the Eucharist until he returns again. The world still does not know it, but everyone is invited to the supper of the wedding of the Lamb. To be admitted to the feast, all that is required is the wedding garment of faith, which comes from the hearing of his word. The church tailors such a garment to fit each one with the whiteness of a garment bathed in the blood of the Lamb. It's a consistent message from the Holy Father who's urging us all to evangelize, proclaim the good news about Jesus' infinite desire to share his very body and blood with us and with all peoples because he wants all to be baptized all nations to know the mercy of God to be his children Saint Josemaria while preparing to make his first Holy Communion was taught by a priest to make a spiritual communion the words he learned as a young schoolboy from that pious religious priest have become known worldwide I wish Lord to receive you with the purity humility and devotion with which your most holy mother received you with the spirit and fervor of the Saints repeating then during Advent can help us like Mary and Joseph and so many other Saints to prepare for Christ's coming they can also help us like Saint John the Baptist to prepare for the revealing of the Son of Man he must increase but I must decrease so let's make room for Jesus let's squeeze out the devil our selfishness and our pride Advent is here Saint Josemaria writes what a marvelous time in which to renew your desire your nostalgia your real longing for Christ to come for him to come every day to your soul in the Eucharist the church encourages us he is about to arrive. The Eucharist is the pledge of eternal salvation. I rejoiced when I heard them say, Let us go up to God's house, the psalmist cries. The Church makes the Eucharist, and the Eucharist makes the Church. We need this daily, super substantial bread. We say it in the Our Father. It's one of the ways of interpreting those words that of petition, give us this day our daily bread. We need material goods to sustain ourselves bodily, but we also need this super substantial bread 
We need the Holy Eucharist. We need you, Lord Jesus. We wish to receive you worthily, not to receive you in any old way. And it can happen that we do these things out of routine. We approach Holy Communion with our mind distracted. There are different ways of receiving Holy Communion. Some receive it on the hand and sometimes people don't think to wipe off the markings of ink on the palm of one's hands or to remove gloves. And then when we receive on the tongue, which, well, overcomes certain things that might be irreverent more easily, perhaps. Well, we've gotten, we can do that too in a, a routine way. So let's do so calmly. Let's do so lovingly. Let's do so reverently. Let's wish truly to receive the Lord with the purity, humility and devotion with which his most holy mother received him, with the spirit and fervour of the saints. And then we will be able to say, please God, in the words of the liturgy, May these mysteries, O Lord, in which we have participated, profit us, we pray, for even now as we walk amid passing things, you teach us by them to love the things of heaven and hold fast to what endures. Of course, we conclude our prayer always through Christ our Lord. Without Christ, we are pretty helpless. We're like that poor elderly invalid whose house was broken into. She could do nothing. Simply watch as two imposters, an older man and a, a child, effectively, had their way with our family's Jews. An heirloom, no doubt, from her mother or possibly from her grandmother, in the family for years. Very valuable. Well, if you and I don't have continuous dialogue with our Lord, it's as if we're not preparing for that moment when he comes. It's as if we're falling asleep. We're not awake. We're not anticipating his coming. We don't care. We don't consider it sufficiently important to modify our existing habits, to do our work well, conscientiously, yes, but also to make time for prayer. Doing work well is certainly a good thing to do it out of service to our neighbour, for the glory of God, to do it as well as we possibly can. But even the busiest persons can make time for God. 
I was struck recently by a story of a chap, a married man, who made the resolution to make a cup of tea for his wife every day so that they could chat for five minutes together. He, he knew this was important for her. Women like to verbalize things. Guys sometimes are more reticent and they like to solve problems. And it's good for husbands and wives to sit down together. Well, this chap made the resolution to make a cup of tea for his wife, not just for a couple of days, not just for a few weeks, not even for a few months, but for a whole year, 12 months. He was going to sit down, having made a cup of tea with his wife, and ask her how she felt, what was on her mind. And it's that attitude of self-giving, of making time for those who are most important in our lives that you and I need to develop as we prepare for Christmas. Let go of the mobile phone. Hold fast to what endures. Do not be anxious for the things of the world which will pass, but rather let us learn to detach ourselves from created things so as to love the things of heaven. Prayer and mortification help you and me prepare ourselves for Christ's coming. The sacraments of penance and reconciliation and of the Eucharist are channels of grace that lead us to Bethlehem, to Calvary, and ultimately will bring us home to heaven as long as we remain vigilant in body and soul. Longing for that day when our Lord comes, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us that we who watch for that day may inherit the great promise in which now we dare to hope. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.